Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Cap Benny's on oysters about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, The reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Saturday morning. I'm glad everybody's up and at them bright and early. Our sponsor today, Boyd's One Stop. All right, weather. 53 down on the island in Galveston this morning. We're looking at a few clouds, you know, today. Maybe maybe some peaks of sunshine, but a high of 62. Southeast winds will be 10 to 20 miles per hour. It's calm right now. And, uh... Tonight, partly cloudy, low of 57. Southeast winds will be 5 to 10 miles per hour. And uh, looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel Tide predictions. And uh, there's four of them today. We have a low that we're sitting on right now. It was an 0.0. We've got a high coming in this morning at 2.18 a.m. Or 10.18 a.m. It's an 0.5. Then a low at 1.21 p.m. and 0.4. And then a high at 7.35 p.m. and 0.7. 7.08 a.m. is sunrise, 5.57 p.m. sunset, and our moon phase is 71% coming off that uh, full moon era. And uh, looking at current conditions right now, and uh, Galveston Channel is southwest at 2 down there with 58 degrees, 57-degree water. And at Eagle Point, it's 59 degrees with 60-degree water with a west-southwest wind at 1. And it's calm at Morgan's Point, and water temp there is 50 Eight degrees with 57 degree air temperature. So it's uh, another nice calm morning. They're calling for southeast 10 to 20, but uh, I don't see it yet. Maybe later this afternoon it'll switch around. Another front coming this weekend. Looks like a uh, real good chance of rain on Saturday starting early and throughout the day. They're throwing a 90% chance up for that. So here we go. All right, well, let's... Let's head east over there and go check in with Captain Bill Watkins at Sabine Lake this morning to see what is up. Bill, good morning. How are you doing? Man, hey, I'm doing all right. I'm a little bit groggy this morning after fishing <laughs> yesterday. I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I come off of being sick, and then I oh, did you know, get out of the weather? Well, I had a head cold, and then I... What you know, went out there and fished yesterday, and somehow I don't know. I just I felt bad all day long. You know how that is sometimes. You just you yeah. just get beat up and you can't get back up. But uh, we did catch some pretty doggone nice fish, redfish and trout. Not a bunch of them. The lake is messed up. All up north is uh, real dirty. Runoff. You know, we had a nine-inch rain in about two, two little short days there. Yeah, and uh, that that flushed everything out of the north end. So all that all that fine fishing I was experiencing up there is now over with. So then the the next thing that happens is it's moving the fish. You know, mm-hmm. the trout are kind of coming down now. There's redfish up north. You can catch those still. Uh, that's that's all available. 
but the water's a little bit dirty. You just have to kind of think about it as ignoring ignoring that dirty water and just fish it, you know, and you'll catch. But we did catch we did catch reds up there, but on Monday, and then I moved down south. First time I've seen down south in a long time. And it's been golly, I think I moved down there in early September up north, and then I've that's the first time I've been south all that whole time. And uh, man, we caught a, a four pound trout right out of the box. That was a pretty fish, twenty and a half inches, big old wide heavy fish, and uh, several reds. We caught reds here and reds there. The tide was extremely low, uh, but the lake itself down south, uh, the whole southern half of the lake is uh, uh, amber clear. It's nice. Yeah. The ship channel is real muddy. That's carrying all the runoff. Yeah. All the river water's coming. that water, yeah. yeah. And the lake itself is real nice. Over on the Louisiana side, it was kind of a little off color, a little stained, but... Uh, the fish were still there, and uh, it's it was an all soft plastics day. I thought sure I was going to catch them on the hard baits. Didn't get a bite on a hard bait. That's funny how that happens. Right. You know, yeah. I didn't see any bait moving. I didn't see anything going on. But you know, we'd catch fish here and there, just little pods of them. And I think with that low, low tide, I mean, it, it was low when we got there and went lower. I had to practically climb out of the boat to get out up on the pier. <clears throat> that was, uh, I hate it when it's like that. There's no steps on those board walls, you know. Right. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, the conditions are actually Considering the rain we had, the conditions are actually good. As soon as we get a tide come back in, I think that uh, that water level will bring those fish back to the bank, and we'll have even more fish. So it's looking good, looking real good. Well, sounds good to me. <laughs> It was a, uh, it was a uh, any color type day. It didn't matter if you had a a yellow tail or a white lure, or uh, if when you found the fish, they would bite. And uh, those redfish absolutely were in water so shallow that when they would bite your lure, you could see a mud puff. If you got the light angle right. Yeah. You could see them bite the lure and roll the mud, and uh, there'd be five or six mud puffs right there together. So you'd have a pot of redfish. I mean, it was there was always five or six of them in one spot. And if you'd sit still real, real easy there and cast around, you could catch another one. It's funny how that's, those, those redfish are crazy. They're they're really uh, amazing fish. I remember back in the netting days, you'd see how those bigger fish ran together. Uh, you know, when they had those strike points in those nets, it'd always be you know just balls like four to six fish in one yeah. little spot in the net, and then right down from it, a few feet over, there'd be three to five big trout in there next to them. It's it's funny how they run in those yeah. pods like that together. And, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. But that's uh, that's how they were positioned, and they were just laying up in there, and anywhere from three to one and a half feet. Uh, they'd just be very still. Their bellies was in the mud. Now the tide was low, low, and pretty slack. Uh, we started catching a fish or two right off the bat, but as the day got on and the sun got up higher, they uh, they seemed to be more active. They would bite better and just drift along the shoreline. 
And yeah, they like that shallow water. It's a lot warmer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, with these warmer temperatures we've had this week, air temperature, it, uh, it warms that shallow water pretty quick. <coughs> and just yeah, a couple right. of degrees makes all the difference in the world. They'll go to it. It's where they feel the most comfortable. They'll just lay up in there and yeah. sulk. Until you wake them up with a lure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Run a lure by them, they'll wake up real quick. They'll come get it. They were hungry. Yes. And and they were empty. They hadn't been feeding at all, neither the trout or the, the redfish. Right. So. Yeah, a lot of fish are getting moved around, pushed around right now. So when they get to where they establish and stage up, they'll be hungry. That's a fact. They're waiting on bait. So um, I wanted to ask you, um, has that new uh, limit, new trout limit, taken effect yet, or is it not? No, I'm sure that'll probably start around in March, somewhere in there, from what I'm hearing. And plus they'll they'll vote again on March for the uh, 30-inch tag thing to where... That'll that'll be established. Then when they come out with the 2025 licenses, it'll have a tag on it. You know, a oh, trout yeah. tag, okay. 25 or 30 inch trout tag, 30 or above. Yeah, the wheels of progress move slow sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, from what I'm reading, social media wise, all you know, all the, you know for and against, whining, crying, you know, just, I mean, it's not like this just happened overnight. This has been going on for over a year, year and a half, talking about doing this. And they complain, well, they never give you anything back. Well, they actually did. The whole coast was three fish. They gave them back five after it, you know, after we recovered, and and don't think the three fish uh, didn't work down south because they recovered way faster than we did up here. You know, we stuck with the five and their three fish. They uh, they rebounded quicker, and the fish are bigger. And of course, you know they they have a different habitat than we do. You know, this upper coast is going through some things that uh, probably aren't explainable to the average Joe, but uh, it's. Uh, I'm not sure I understand it either. Yeah, and it <laughs> there's, just there's uh, factors out there that we don't we don't really even understand yet biologically. So that's true. I don't know, man. Hey, but it is what it is, and we're going to have to live with it. And maybe maybe it'll work. I'm willing to give it a shot. You know. I'm yeah. not gonna, not gonna just be a naysayer. We'll see. That's that's all I got to say about it. We'll see what happens. If it's gonna happen, and we're gonna all have to live with it, one way or the other, you know, whether whether it does good. Or well, it does and people bad. are pointing the finger at Texas Parks and Wildlife, saying, you know, it's typical politics, government. I mean, do you really think they want to reduce limits like they've had to do? To save no. our fishery, I mean that costs them license revenue and and money. Period. And everybody's saying it's about the money. Well, what money? I mean, yeah, everybody stands money? to lose. I mean, it affects everybody. And uh, it, uh, I don't know. There's just more to this, and people, the average person, well, there realizes is, there is a natural distrust of government right now. And rightfully so. Well, yeah, There's but uh, so many I mean, things going on. Who but, do who do we appoint to run our fishery then, other than Texas Parks and Wildlife? I mean, that's their. I mean, yeah. Who do we trust? Who else do we trust with it? No, well, uh, there's nobody else to do. Yeah, I mean, by some of the stuff I read on social media, I wouldn't trust any of those people with running any kind of fishery. You know? <laughs> no, sir. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even either. trust myself as long as I've been running these fish and and everything I've knowledge I've developed over fifty years of it. I just you know I couldn't trust myself with it because I well, don't know no. the I, I I know it's more than 
I mean, fishing pressure is some. That's what. That's one thing we can point the finger out and police ourselves about. But there's other other issues with water quality and habitat and Mother Nature. Don't forget about her. And uh, there's just so many variables in there, and it's just hard to sit there and, you know, now they're going after the gads. You know, everybody I've been reading, you know, it's their fault. All it, uh, I mean, everybody participates in this, and we all take. I mean, it's it's like managing, you know, a deer ranch, which is on a smaller scale, naturally. But, I mean, if you let everybody just kill everything that walks out that's got horns on it, Two years down the road, you're going to have nothing. That's right. Absolutely nothing. And uh, management works. Nothing. I mean, look what uh, uh, management did for uh, for bass fishing. Oh, uh, Bill, yeah. I just looked up. I, my clock is already two minutes over the break. <laughs> Let me knock this out. I'll be right back to you. All right. Go ahead, bud. All right. You're listening to the Outdoor Show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 418 here in the Bayou City. All right, Bill, we are back, my friend. All right. Sorry about the the background noise there. I overheated something in the microwave. (laughs) (laughs) Overheated Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Would you nuke nuke your coffee? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I boiled it over into the plate of the microwave and... I'm like, oh crap, this is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that uh, we're uh, we've, we've got a lot of environmental factors that that even you and I don't know about. You know, I'm not a biologist, and well, no, uh, and I don't have water sampling kits and all the the labs. No. You know, do all that, and and it uh, it's just not only that, and you know. Our biggest deal over here, and I've said it all along, was the beginning of that uh, channel dredging project that went on for 10 years and then habitat loss. It all started with Ike when it breached all those sites, spread that silt throughout the bay, covered all the reefs up, and then we had die-offs from high salinity rates, you know, oyster drills. Then we had all the flooding. It started in 2015 to, to up to now. and uh, Yeah. That did, you know, you, I've I've been around a long time, but I've never seen a period, a stretch of adverse conditions as far as the health of the bay that we went through for ten years, and it, it a long it, time. It's going to take its toll on on your re- resource. I mean, it's like we don't get mullet runs anymore like we used to. It's not only the trout; it's other species too. You know, it's all it's all the all the above, and and decline and you know i mean how else do you police it i mean we can't go out there and change the water quality and and all those things overnight like we can with limit reduction but i mean am i am i positive that this is gonna make a difference not really i'm 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 hanging in the balance 50 50 this may not even work but we don't know unless we try it we got to do something something's got to be done now yeah People that don't know the bay that, I mean, there's people that know the bay as far as pulling up somewhere and going to fish it, but to know what makes things click, the ecology of the bay and things like that, they're, 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 they're just not in tune with it. Like people that have been around a long time and seen every form of disaster along the way and what, how it changes things. And then it comes back and. It's 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 a time deal. I don't think uh, I have enough years left on my lifespan to uh, see what I've seen in in the past. That's just me, though. Maybe I'm just being kind of negative. I hope I'm not. I'm trying to look at the positive side of it, but it's uh, you got to believe your lying eyes sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I'm. I've I've got my finger on the pulse of how the fish move in in Sabine Lake. Yeah, we all I do. Know, we, we all have that. I know now. how they do it. 
but I don't, I'm not, I'm not able to do the water samples and all that kind of stuff. And no. I don't even care to, I, I don't even want to do it. That's the guys that's, uh, that's smarter than me. They, they're, they're pay grades above mine. Uh, and I, I just, uh, it, we've got to deal with what we've got to deal with and hope that somehow it works. But then by the same token, I'm not going to be guilty if I take on my three fish. No. That's, that's, that's going to be the other deal. If somebody wants to keep their three fish, then they shouldn't be made to feel guilty about it at all. That's right. That's why they set the limit, and they think that that's going to work. Well, let's just go ahead and see. Uh, if it does work, it'll affect the Louisiana side as well. Uh, I mean, they can actually keep more fish, but uh, there'll be part of the fishery that, you know, half of it is going to be, uh, the fish will be safer on that side when they're over that way. And a lot yeah, of that's times, a dilemma you're in over there, man, is that you got to deal with both sides. You yeah, know, one one conservative side and one liberal side. You know, liberal limits on one side and and tighter limits on the other, and it. Uh, boy. Yeah, is uh, is Texas uh, is Texas actually helping Louisiana uh, to catch more fish? Uh, maybe uh, you can't control where those fish swim. They they do move no. around, and you never know where they're going to be. They could go from one side well, to the just other. Just like the freshwater situation we have now coming down in our rivers. I mean, that's going to move fish. You don't know where those oh, fish yeah. are going to go. you got a good idea, but, I mean, those fish don't know, well, hey, if I swim to the Texas side, I'll be safer than the Louisiana <laughs> side. Those fish no, they don't that know smart. that. Exactly. Uh, they might be – they outsmart us a lot, but they sure don't know that. I mean, they, they can't figure out – that, hey, I need to swim over to the Texas side so I can avoid being caught, maybe. No, that's uh, that's foolishness. So they just do what they do. They swim and eat and make little trouts. That's what they do. And hopefully I'll get to eat a few of them before I die. (laughs) But if we get to catch more and if, if... we wind up having bigger fish. I mean, but I thought about that yesterday. I said, I caught that that first trout I caught was 20 and a half inches long. And I thought, wait a minute. This fish is a half inch over the allowable size. When does right. that take effect? Come March, then, that will, uh, that will uh, be a throwback. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then, then that thing about the slot limit actually kicked in my brain. I said, oh, wait a minute. Okay, there'll be yep. some people that'll make mistakes like that. Well, they'll pay for it if they get caught. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> they'll pay for it if they get caught. They won't make that mistake again. Sometimes pain or the pocketbook uh, changes people's way of thinking and, you know, what they do. So, Yeah, uh, but that... <laughs> I thought about all that. I said, "Well, knock on it, you know that's this is all changing now." And uh, I realized at that point I didn't even know when it was changing. It's like, and I was on the Texas side when I caught that fish. I said, "Well, okay, <laughs> need to get some answers here, figure all this out, and uh, and then it'll all it'll all be up and running after that." I'll be academic, and uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. But it's going to be it's going to be the law, and that's how we're going to do it. And once it starts, we'll uh, we'll run with it, and do what we got to do. Yeah, and hopefully, like you say, hopefully it will work out for better fishery. I know that uh, if you only keep in three a piece, that does cut down on how many fish get taken out of the system. Yeah. Well, it's only only two less than what we were allowed to keep all this time anyway. 
you know, five, uh, you didn't hear too many people complain, but when it dropped to three, <laughs> it's almost cutting at five and a half. It's, uh, yeah, that's pretty rough. But my you know what? Is- I mean, you know, and, and I saw people go, well, I might as well just sell my bay house and my boat and everything. I mean, seriously, are we shopping at Walmart for our fish? Seriously? I mean, that's yeah. like a dollar store. Well, sorry, folks, we're out of Coke, but we're going to put Dr. Pepper on sale for the next week, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's... You're right. You know, it's just you got to live with you got to live with it. I mean, if we don't try to try, there's there's no no way to know. Do we wait till they're all gone? And then, and and we've seen situations when, I mean, where we've lost almost all of our fish. They always come back. Let's just give it time. They'll they'll rebound. And the the problem I'm seeing. And everybody else is saying, well, hey, you know, we got a lot of little fish. Well, we've been, we've been saying that now for about seven years. Well, this is going to yeah. be better next year. Look at this spring, man. We got we got 13 to 15 inches by the millions everywhere. And then the following year approaches, we get there and go, man, what a crop of fish we got. Well, after, you know, it becomes insanity after six or seven years of that, and you're not seeing – a vast age class of fish. That's that's the problem. The bio, the biomass, yeah, it's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. But what what's happening to all these fish? Are they being over harvested, or when they get a certain certain size and age, they think, man, I'm not going to swim in this you know this sewage hole anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna swim out of here. Well, I mean, what's the deal? We don't know. And no, we don't know. And we've talked, you and I have talked a long time about what happens to the big croaker run. What happens to the 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 sand sand trout trout run? I mean, look at the other species. Look at the mother runs. Yeah. Why do the sand trout do not get big like they used to? You know, a a 14, 15-inch sand trout was common. We can't blame it on the shrimpers anymore because there's not any shrimpers anymore. There's not any shrimpers. You know, they That's used right. to blame it on bycatch. Oh, yeah. We and blamed now, it on everything. From what I'm seeing on social media now, all this is being blamed on the gads. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, realistically, uh, a, a guy that wants to continue to do this for a living, he's all for doing whatever he can to maintain a fishery to keep it healthy. Well, yeah. I mean, really. Yeah, we'd be fools. You know, it'd be like TPNW. I mean, they're not going to cut their nose off to spite their face and say, hey, we're going to cut the limits because we don't want anybody catching any of our fish. They want everybody to catch them. They want a lucrative, healthy fishery to increase interest, new people introduced to the sport, more license revenue, more money for their organization to do better things. And, you know, hey, look at tournaments. Uh, <laughs> how many fish die a year in those? And, hey, I used to run a, a one of the biggest tournaments ever on this coast, but we had a, a lucrative fishery for that. And everybody made fun of me when I made the limits per day, three fish per day. Well, look where we're yeah. at now. We're we're at that threshold. We're at three fish. Yeah. And everybody go, anybody can catch three trout in a tournament. Well, no, they couldn't. We saw that firsthand. I mean, it just... Uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's but, true, yeah. Yeah, you would think you could catch three fish on any day you wanted to, but uh, no. Well, Chad Petter with the uh, Saltwater Legend series and everything, he's uh, he's opening eyes with that, that immediate catch and release. Catch, photo, and release. Weigh it on the scale. Put it right back in the water where you caught it and let it swim off. And uh, I think uh, more tournaments ought to lean to that format right there. There, you talk about oh. saving a lot of bigger fish because tournament fishermen they're fishing for bigger fish. You, you know, you got to have big fish to win, and uh, that's that's one of the best ideas I've seen in my whole career is what he's doing right now with that uh, catch and release series like that. No, don't bring him the scales all beat up and been in a live well in a rough boat ride, all that. Catch him right then. Have your partner photograph the fish with the weight, him holding it up with those scales, those digital scales, send it to the Waymaster, and turn it loose. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Major League Fishing figured that out, and they've, yep. got, they've got that going on, and I think that is really absolutely one of the best 
tournament situations that you could possibly have. No doubt. They're harming absolutely nothing. No. Nothing, nothing at all. And I think that's just exactly what everybody needs to go to. If there's digital scales that are good, if everybody uses the same brand, you know, just go go ahead and go with it. That's it. You might... It might be off of an ounce or two or something, but well, overall, maybe a hundredth or two. All the yeah, it's years not, I dealt with good. scales, I mean, all of them were within a hundredth. Matter of fact, I oh, have mine yeah. calibrated every year. I had five sets of them, and they were cali- calibrated to the T. Yeah, man, uh, that's that's because exactly I've seen right tournaments lost by three one hundredths. That's that's weight of <laughs> that's less than the weight of a dime. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Though. It really does. Hey, but you have to have a standard, and you have to go with it. Exactly. Know, if you if you got that fish right there in your hand, you weigh him, you show it to the you you know show it to the camera, and that's it. There, there it you is. It's all you can do. I man. always think that. I think that's the best way to go. It is absolutely no doubt. All right, buddy. So, well, hey. If somebody wants to come over and fish the Bean Lake with you, man, you got a pretty good stre- stretch of weather here. And then uh, next week looks yeah. good. It's going to be a good warming trend next week. So before yeah. they're calling for maybe another Arctic blast in a couple of weeks. So I'm not liking well, seeing that extended forecast, but we'll see. That's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's February. It is possible. It's Feb- <laughs> yeah, till the end of February, it's always possible. Anyway, buddy, 409-673-9211. All right, Mr. Watkins. We'll be catching fish. All right, we'll talk to you Saturday. Take care, brother. Take care of yourself, buddy. All right, later. All right, it's time for another break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Boppers speaking. Oh, you sweet thing. Do I want? Will I want? Oh, baby, you know what I like. Chantilly lace and a pretty face. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 437 here in the Bayou City. Let's go up to Lake Conroe now. Let's check in with the fish, dude. Richard, good morning. How are you, man? You know I'm good, Mickey. How about yourself? You back in the saddle on Conroe now, brother? Oh, you know it. You know it. That rascal's muddy as heck anyway, so that's all right. But them things, Harvard's good catfishing. Good <laughs> yeah, well, you know what surprised me the other day? We was out there, and we limited out, you know, one person limit on hybrids and catfish. But them catfish took a little bit longer than what I expected. We had a whole lot of little ones mixed in. So right. I guess with that, with that water going up and down, it, it – uh, kind of rearranged where they were positioning so that's all right we we end up catching what we needed anyways but i'll tell you what that that tournament over at raver that's the worst one i had in years i've never it's been so many years since i've had a tournament that bad it was unbelievable crash and burn uh crash and burn (laughs) went left right should have went right (laughs) well you know i'll tell you what i I had it was a two-day deal so the first day i did you know stuck with a game plan and and uh you know, the fish were there the day before and they were just gone that, that next day well that water over there getting muddy as heck i mean it's just crazy it's uh there's a lot of people over there like harold allen i talked to him at the boat ramp and he's been harold's been fishing over there oh yeah the, the, all his all his life i mean good night and he i talked to him ramp on the second day he said i hadn't got but three and i'm sitting there going you got to be kidding me i mean he him of all people, because he's like I say, he's been over all his life. Sure. And uh, I, I didn't have but one, and I should have had two, but that's uh, that that was horrible. I mean, it, Rayburn turned into the basically Livingston. It's just a big old mud hole. I mean, it's muddier than I've ever. There's a lot ever of water seen. coming down, man. You know, and their water isn't actually rising. At the extent no, of the other lakes, because they've got their dam open, repairing it, and uh, they're letting that water just flow all the way through. Right, right, and I mean that. I mean it was just mud. I mean, it's, I've, like I say, I've never seen it that muddy, but it's. 
it is what it is. We're going to Conroe next, so I'll be I'm headed out there to bass fishing today. I'll be doing that every day, but I had to do some do some boat maintenance or trailer maintenance anyway, so I had to go down to McLean and get some parts for parts from my trailer and all that good stuff. So it's uh you know, hubs hubs and things like that. There's on that ranger it's got four I didn't realize it had four wheel or all four wheels are brakes. So had to get some oh. new brake hubs. Yeah, I know. Had to get new brake hubs on everything. So man, you don't need brakes with that big old truck you got. You can stop that bass boat on a dime with that truck, man. That's, I know, uh, I know. I, I don't need. You know, all my old trailers. Brake. Once those brakes went, I just gutted them and uh, just I, pulled it without brakes. Well, that's the way. I, that's the way I am with the Pathfinder. But with yeah, with salt with water this, like I have to contend with that. Uh, yeah. It's worthless. It, I mean, that brake system—you're good to get it to last eight months if you're lucky. Exactly, because you know, that salt water, yeah, it'll lock them up. I mean, that's the thing about that salt water—it locks them up. But fresh water oh. does pretty good, you know. The thing about the thing about with that Ranger though is it's one of those things where I don't keep these bass boats that long. You know, I keep them for a few years and and then I'll I'll flip them out and get me another one. You know, so that's. With the Pathfinder, I mean, I'm just going to keep hanging motors on it, so mm-hmm. I don't worry about it. So I try to keep everything as as close to factory as possible on it, you know. Right. So, and you know, that's that way the resale's still there. That's that's the biggest part of it because it's. Uh, I tend to try to take care of of the bass boat where the bay boat. It's a work boat. I mean, that's what it is. So it's just one of them things. But I tell you what, with with Conroe, it's those hybrids the other day were some big ones too. We had some, we had some dang good ones. And it really surprised me because they, with the water moving like it did, you know, it, what three and a half feet and then dropped. It went up three and a half feet and then dropped three and a half feet, and then uh, they were still pulling on it. And, and I'm sitting there looking at this watercolor and I'm going, dang, it's it's kind of off color. And I'm looking at the fish. The fish were down in anywhere from 15 to 25 feet, but the only way I could get them to bite was up in about 10 foot of water. So they were coming up and, and looking at baits way up shallow. It's, you know, it's, even though we're sitting out in 35 foot of water, there's, they were coming up to 10 foot from the surface to eat. And it's, uh, I had baits scattered everywhere. And then finally when I figured out, that's what I do. You know, a lot of people wonder, you know, on the hybrids when I sit out a bunch of rods, how I do it, I'll take and stagger my depths on right. on the uh, you know, the, I'll have like the front rod will be a, a shallow depth and then the mid mid rod will be a little bit deeper and the, the back rod will be even deeper than that. And I just kind of do that until I get start getting bites. And then when I get bites, I, I kind of uh, say, okay, I got one bite on this, this depth and I got another bite on that depth and I'll adjust and, and go to whichever depth they're biting in. Well, I think it's cheesy when we went out and uh, – that's that's when I started noticing. I got I had a, a rod down in about twenty foot of water, and, and uh, got one bite down there in twenty foot, and I, I pulled one up to ten foot deep, and and had two bites on it, and caught two fish. And I said, "Well, we got to move everything up shallow." So we moved everything up shallow. And boom! Next thing you know, we got we got a limit of fish pretty quick. So. That's what it takes, you know, just kind of making your adjustments as you go. And, you know, one of the things a lot of people don't realize is that the hybrids always feed looking up. I mean, I don't care. They're always going to feed looking up. They're, they're yeah. kind of like tuna fish. You know, when you look at, when you, like if you watch Wicked Tuna or something like that, they'll show their depth finders every once in a while, and you'll see those big, thick layers of bait. When you see those big, thick layers of bait, and all of a sudden you see a gap in there, that's those those tuna blowing through that bait right they'll blow through and come up and when they get above the bait upward motion exactly and they'll exactly and they'll start once they get above it they start looking around for anything that they may have missed or anything that they blew out of that that bait cloud and then they'll feed on it so that's what's happening with hybrids they'll get under that bait like that they come up and blow through and as they blow through they look around and they'll spot my bait sitting up there and that's when they're going to hit them. So you can always be 
too, you can't be too shallow, but you can be too deep. That's that's the difference. You know, if you get below them, they just they don't like going down after a bait. They're just not in their nature. They like to chase stuff up. So that's you know that's one of the biggest things, and and that's why I catch so many of them dying things. Because I I figured that out a long time ago. You know, you don't want to be below them. You always want to be above them. And I get I get people in the boat. I'll catch them. They'll let some more line out and let it let it go down almost to the bottom. Of them go. You ain't gonna catch nothing on that one. I mean, it's just not gonna happen. They're not gonna go down after that bait like that. So it's it's just uh, it's a funny thing when you figure it out like that. It's right. You, you just pay pay attention to where they're at and what they're doing, and and you'll catch them. You just got to have a little patience to stick with it. So, and it's uh, it yeah, it's just one of those things. It's it's fun to watch you figure it out like that. But but it's uh, you know, like I, I think I catch more than anybody out there as far as hybrids are concerned. Anyway, because it's uh, it just I've been doing it so dang long. And and figured out those little subtle tricks to, about moving up and down and like the other other day with that water being so muddy that's that's why I decided hey I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bring them up real close to the surface and see what happens and then another thing is <clears throat> you know when I first started doing it people said you're gonna have to get them reels with line counters on them no I got a tape measure you I think you got enough sense to know better than that yeah I mean the thing is you can. You can take and uh, take a tape measure and measure from your reel to your first eye on your rod, and that's like on the rods I got now. It's twenty-one inches between the reel and first eye, so I can go. I can measure it out, and I know how deep I'm at. I'm at. I ain't got a, uh, you know, if I go ten pulls, I'm two hundred ten inches. I'm almost, I'm almost twenty feet deep. So yeah. it's you know, but if I pull a little extra out, I'll be twenty foot deep. So I go eleven pulls or or even twelve. I'm right at twenty feet. So and it just keep doing that and and you get used to it and it, it gets you in the gets you in the area where you need to be anyway. So it's you know it's just easy simple stuff. You just kind of people try to overcomplicate right. it. You know I you don't want to don't want to do that at all. So well, Richard, if, uh, if somebody wants to get up there, I guess your lake it's getting down towards normal pool now. Oh, it is normal pool now. Oh, has it already got there? Okay, well that's good. It's already got there, so good. We're good. We're good to go. But anyone who wants to go fishing, they can get in touch with me nine three six 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 one seven nine two zero. Find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dude's Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudetx dot com or just check out the webpage fishdudetx dot com. All right, my friend. Well, Richard, sorry about uh, laying an egg the last tournament. How it happened, uh, man? It happens. I'll tell you what, Dad, we're going we're gonna to try to make up with it on the next I one. I know you will. All right. Keep working <laughs> hard, brother. See you, man. Yes, sir. Have Later. Fun. All right. Now let's go down to Matagorda and check in with Captain Charlie Paradoski. Charlie P., what's up? Good morning, Mickey. How are you? I couldn't be better than you. That's same old, same old. Trey, cut along. Not, uh, well. not much fishing going on over here, Mickey. Yeah, it's you know, it's been a, a little quiet from your area over there. Yeah, yeah. Hardly any of the guys have had parties at all. But I saw more uh, more people out yesterday. Everybody's been taking advantage of this calm conditions and going after yeah. them snapper offshore. Yeah, that's uh, offshore has been the been the draw this week, man. I've I got a phone full of wahoo and <laughs> grouper and tuna pictures everybody sending me that uh i had a good window a lot of people got out there and put it on them man yeah and then well, the inshore snapper you know inside of you know in state waters right yeah that's what's going on over here and uh looks like uh they may be able to do it again this morning too yeah but uh it, Fishing's been slow in the bay. You know, it's been real calm the past several days. And uh, you're on the backside of the full moon. It hadn't been much of a bite. Now, we got these southerly winds returning, and uh, I think they may start eating today. They um, just might do it. Yep. I'm sure the Colorado uh, River's trashed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it has dropped about... It was it was up there and it it's dropped about four and a half foot already. 
but uh, it's trash. Ain't no doubt yeah. about that. I don't know if there's anything else to come or not, but uh, we it, got a uh, pretty good rain event Saturday. They're saying, yeah, but at least yeah. it's not going to last for days like that last ordeal. Jeez, right? Yeah, we don't need many of them. And uh, I heard you say there was a another Arctic blast predicted. That's what that's what's going around like the last one. You know, you see it on social media. Some site two weeks out, you know, they predicted the last one, and I hope they're wrong on this one. Maybe they can, you know, be batting yeah. five hundred after this. But I don't know how far it'll come to the coast. But right, they're predicting it. So, well, here we go. Well, it is February. You know, we get our hopes up, get an early spring bite going, and. Especially down south, I mean they're they're doing good down south, man. They're these weather windows and they're taking advantage of them. There's some big trout being caught right now down there. Yeah, but they always have. They've they're always way earlier than the rest of the coast every year. Yeah, well, it was like that here for a long time. I can tell you. Well, that. it was. I mean, remember we'd always have the first uh, trout masters of the year in Matagorda. We'd start off there. And it was uh, it was pretty darn good, buddy. <laughs> Doggone right. But you, but you had a ton of fish, too. You know, you had something to work with. A lot of big fish swimming around. Yeah, we had our fish, and we had your fish, too. Well, true. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, we'd, we'd have a uh, Galveston, you know, in there. Sometimes we'd have a Rockport before Galveston, but... Uh, Galveston was always good in the spring. There were some big fish weighed in, and it also. Yeah. Well, I guess we had it too good for too long, Mickey. We did. They caught up with us. So. Yeah. Just uh, glad we got to got to see what we did. But we got to protect well, what, what we got and hope, hope it you know, make you, a comeback. You got an ear to the ground. What are you hearing from people? Are people really did that disgruntled, you know, like you read on social media, or are they just, I mean, with this new limit change coming this spring? No, there hadn't been that many people around to complain. I can tell you that, but it's something. I we've already been through this three fish limit stuff. Well, yeah, you know. down your way, it shouldn't matter. You know, they've they've already experienced it, and. You did get your five fish back for a yep. period of time till here we go again. And I don't know. You know, I don't know. Last year or year before last, we had so many 15, 16-inch fish, uh, and that's when we were on the three-fish limit. Right, but you, yeah. had to, you had to keep them over 17. Over 17. And... Uh, I mean, just so many 15 or 16 inch fish. I mean, it looked it looked promising, and then last year, no, where'd they go? Yeah. So, two eighty eight north is Monty and them say. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's uh, it's just it was an unusual weather year last year. You know, I never seen it get that hot in summertime. I mean. That water was steaming hot, man. Steaming hot. Yeah. So, I guess it's all environmental, but hopefully uh, hopefully they'll come back. Well, there's nothing we can do about it right now except wait. That's all you can do and hope. No. And go with the flow and... Uh, and you know, if you got to keep keep your fish, keep them. If not, turn them loose. Sure. So I don't know what the you know the ones that are complaining. I I don't know what to, what they expect. I mean, you got to you got to make some rules somewhere. Oh, I know. It's just uh, there's a ton of armchair quarterbacks in this world. Yeah. So. I don't know, you know, I think they should make another change, but uh, they're not going to do that, so we'll just keep plugging away the way we're doing it. That's all we can I do. I am surprised, you know, with 
the, we've had extremely low tides, especially after this last front. And uh, there should be redfish on every street corner, and 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 they're not. I don't know where they're at. The good old disappearing act of the redfish here today, gone tomorrow, and then back before you know it. That's yeah. That's why a lot of people don't target redfish, you know, 24-7, 365, because they're so unpredictable. Yeah. Well, we've got people down here that do target them, you know, with, with cut mullet all the time. and uh, Right. And they've been doing it a long time, and uh, and they were complaining this year. They, you know, they're saying those fish are not where they normally are. The patterns are all different. Less of them, so... <clears throat> You got to have these rules and and uh, abide by them and uh, and hope for the best. True. Let them come back. I know it, brother. Yes, sir. So that's where we're at. Did you fish this week? No, I didn't get out. What? Go look at muddy water, raging rivers, and all that up here. Yeah. How much well, is get, coming out now? Well, it's it's dropped now, but I mean, the water, all that water just now got to Trinity Bay. It's just now hitting. You know, it takes a week from Livingston to get here. Yeah. And it uh, it'll come on out. Our our marsh is uh, flowing heavily and full. It's coming out. Yeah. But uh, that's. Until I get 146 finished, I won't be pulling. I ain't pulling through all that mess and go down south to, you know, Galveston. Just right. wait my turn, brother. All right, <laughs> I got to go, Charlie. If somebody wants to call you about coming down and fishing with you, how do they get a hold of you? Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. I got you, buddy. All right, well, uh, you have a good day. I'll talk to you Saturday. You be safe. Take care, Mickey. All right, Charlie. Later. All right, it's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 